0: All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Corecast, the podcast of the Northern California chapter of Cornet. My name is Robert Teed, and I'm thrilled to be your regular host of Corecast, where we bring you guests and content that are both timely and relevant to what's happening in the world of work and workplace. And we keep a particular focus on the Northern California region, which is home to some of the most exciting companies and work in workplace developments on the planet. When I'm not hosting CoreCast, well, my day job is as founder and CEO of Integri Group, where I serve as an executive coach, a strategic advisor, and a consultant. If you're interested in learning more about me or my work, or how to get in touch, please see the show notes. I'm also an active member of the Cornet Northern California chapter, I'm a facilitator in the chapters leadership development cohort. And of course I get to host CoreCast. Well, it is that time of year when the Northern California chapter hosts our annual awards gala. And we do that to recognize three of our outstanding members, our young leader of the year, our service provider of the year, and our corporate real estate executive of the year. And I'm fortunate that uh, I get to interview all three of these winners on CoreCast. That's a lot of fun for me. On this episode, I'm excited to welcome the winner of our 2023 Service Provider of the Year Award, Julia Campbell. Julia is a fixture in the Northern California chapter and in our industry. And I'm fortunate to have worked alongside her at different times and in different capacities on the Northern California Board, on different committees. And Julia is really high on my list of people. I think of as being incredibly generous in how she gives back to the Northern California chapter and to the industry more generally. I'm excited to get a chance to sit down with Julia, to celebrate her, and to help all of us get to know her a little bit better. Professionally, Julia has been part of the global real estate and workplace uh, community for three decades. Uh, in the disciplines of architecture, interior design, project management, and strategy. Uh, And she's currently partner at Casada Architecture, or QA, as we will call it throughout our conversation, which is a boutique firm she joined in 2019. And prior to that, Julia held very senior roles at AECOM and at Gensler. And it was during her time at Gensler when we first met, I believe. And we'll get to hear a little bit more about Julia's work as our conversation unfolds. Now, many of you listening will know Julia through her volunteer work with Cornet Northern California, where she's been an active member for over 15 years. And the list of things she's done in service to the chapter over that time is quite long, and we're going to do our best to unpack some of that service as we go, or at least capture some of the highlights. From where I sit, Julia is a very important part of our chapter, and of Cornet Global, and of the corporate real estate industry more generally. And there's no doubt that she is very deserving of the Service Provider of the Year Award, and I'm excited to bring you into my conversation with Julia Campbell. So Julia, welcome to CoreCast. Thank you so much for being here, and congratulations on being the Chapter's Service Provider of the Year. Very well deserved, my friend.
1: Thank you so much. It's really an honor. you know i've always admired the former of award winners and i was really surprised and very happy when i heard i'd been recognized it was um it kind of came out of the blue and i i really really appreciate it
0: i love that well i always like to start with you know what did i miss in my introduction of you you know i obviously just skimmed the surface of your professional career but what did i miss or what would you like our listeners to know about you at least professionally out of the gate well,
1: I think that you know clearly from my accent, I started in England, and I got an opportunity to to work for Studios Architecture in London um, back in the early '90s, and got a green card in the lottery with my husband Philip, and we decided to move to California. So, when when we moved, Studios was at uh, the peak of the start of the tech bo- technology boom, with uh, they were building a campus for Silicon Graphics. And I feel that that was uh, the the real start of building relationships. A lot of the the people I met um, on that particular project, uh, I worked with for many, many years, including people like Jim Morganson, who uh, was most recently at LinkedIn. He was at SGI back in the 90s. He went to Verisign and then Zynga. Uh, Corrine Garcia-Matthews, who was also uh, at SGI. She also then went to... uh, Yahoo and Palo Alto Networks. So these people that were at the start of the technology boom ended up going to other companies, and I ended up following them as their, as clients and and did work for them. Um, and I think that just being at the the epicenter of you know what was around in, around innovation and technology. And it was, I don't think we realized that we were kind of at ground zero for what was then going to be this incredible, you know, growth over the last 20, 20 years. So um, it's always interesting when you see those, uh, those movies, like, you know, around about Uber or Facebook, and they all really started here in Silicon, Graf- in Silicon Valley, uh, yeah. which is, you know, it's incredible.
0: Yeah. And, and obviously you've been so key to a lot of that. And, and some of the names that you've mentioned are just so important when I think back of the of the industry and the workplace industry, especially. Let's do this. I'd love for you to give our listeners a little bit of an overview of QA. You know, what type of work do you get to do these days? What, what gets you most excited?
1: Just to go a little bit of history. So, well, firstly, we are we're a women and minority owned firm. So, um, I joined Cecilia Casada about four years ago, after Fred um, Casada, who had started the firm back in uh, 1994. Um, he retired, and so I joined Cecilia as a partner. And so we've been going almost 30 years. And and the firm actually again started in in Silicon Valley, building Microsoft campuses and. Uh, when I joined we were just finishing up the Uber headquarters and we had something like 28 people on that project and we realized that we really needed to diversify it was you know it's great to have a, a big project like that but um you know kind of risky in terms of types of uh types of work um anyway so since I've joined we we've become really diverse Our, we literally do everything from, you know, a 600 square foot wine bar in Tiburon up to, uh, we're working on the uh, the new hospital at Parnassus, um, working with HDR and wow. Herzog and the Muren. Uh We're also working with Gensler on the uh, Terminal 3 uh, airport project um, and everything in between. We have a number of uh, residences, a single family, and we do retail stores with Apple um we've done work with google and um so a lot of corporate interiors as well which i think has really been at the heart of where we started but we've we've also diversified into other um other areas so we're for example we're doing a dog rescue down in um in la a cannabis super high-end club um and a lot of adaptive reuse projects as well so it's been really exciting to see that we've been able to maintain you know, the the staff of about 25 people um, and opened an office in L.A. in the la- in the last couple of years during the pandemic and, and continue to to grow. Uh, so and I think, you know, working on smaller and large projects, the, the large projects we often get to partner because of the minority and women owned status. And it gives our, ch- our staff the, the chance to work on big projects and small projects, which they really like.
0: Yeah, that's great. It's such a diverse portfolio that, you, that the company gets to work on. Um, mm-hmm. Are there things in particular that you really enjoy uh, sort of in that uh, that portfolio of work?
1: Um, you know, I think that as an architect, I've always enjoyed both, working on both architecture and interiors uh, projects. So I think things that, that cross over between the two. So, for example, we just finished the headquarters for Amy's Kitchen, which was up in Petaluma. And it was the conversion of an old department store, similar to like a mini Neiman Marcus. And we had to do a lot of seismic work. We added a mezzanine, we added windows. So we had to look at the whole fabric of the building, um, but then also really look at it from a workplace standpoint and create a home for Amy's because they had been in an office park with high cubes and... You know, a sea of workstations, and so that particular building I think is special to me because it really engaged with the community as well. And it, you know, we built a tasting kitchen and um, a lot of really interesting amenity space for the for the for the, the new Amy's headquarters. So that was a, that was a great project recently.
0: Oh, thank you for sharing. That's very cool. I, I'd actually love to see photos of that. Um, and yeah. I'm a big. I'm a big fan of Amy. So, <laughs> um, well, let's do this, Be, you know, this being a chapter podcast. Um, I also want to spend a minute on your involvement with, uh, Cornet Northern California. You, you've done so much wow. in service to Cornette NorCal over the last, you know, 15 years as a member. Is there one, one or two things in particular that stand out to you, uh, over that time that you've done either in service to, or been part of?
1: Yes. I mean, I think that the, the, the area that I've really focused on is has been programs. And I feel that programs is at the heart of what we do in bringing people together and finding content that's relevant to, to everyone who's in this community. And when I was working with Ilva Sandberg um, as program director, we were co-directors, we developed a process where we would basically look six months ahead, get everyone together, get really organized in terms of how how to find content that would be challenging and interesting and be relevant to the to the members. Um, and then also, you know, find uh, great locations. So some of our, our greatest programs have been ones where we've been able to do tours uh, of projects so that people can actually see, you know, the realization of how these things turn out. And so combining... Um, you know tours and programs and then also really engaging the end users in um in the process as well so that we're really hearing from the people who are building out those those projects it actually really makes it more real so that people can see you know what what we're actually doing on a day-to-day basis has a really big impact uh, so i think that you know obviously programs has been important but also the mentorship i've what i've discovered is just being involved in cornet and engaging with you know with with people who are either outside of the industry and want to join Cornet or younger staff who want to be involved in, um, in commercial real estate has been really rewarding. And I really enjoy that part of it as well.
0: Well, and and there's absolutely no question that you've added a ton of value in, in all that you've done, uh, with Cornet Northern California programs and, and the mentorship in particular. Um, I'm just curious, what keeps you so engaged in um, in the chapter and, and sort of what keeps you coming back to to continue to offer your service to the chapter?
1: I think it's the people. That, I mean, the community that we have, I would say, is second to none. I mean, I've visited other chapters and I think that uh, the fact that we have a, a high level of end user engagement as well as service providers is essential to the health of our chapter. And I think that the more we can get the, the younger generations involved at the end of user level, um, I think the the better that, that that we will all be because, you know, the way we engage with each other, um, both on a, on a professional level and uh, on a work level, it creates these great connections where we all help each other. I mean, I've seen, you know, particularly during the pandemic, where people have lost, you know, lost jobs, for example, I think that uh, you know, Cornet has also been a great resource for people to find new connections and and new positions. And there's a huge value in this network that um, is kind of intangible. But the fact is, we're surrounded by friends. And, you know, we have a lot of fun. And there are great events. Um, Beyond the programs that I do, there's, you know, there's women of Cornet, there's young leaders, there's all the different events, such as the golf, etc. And, just everybody seems to really enjoy being with each other. And and a, there's an incredible community that you build over 20 years that really sustains you. And you know, that, you know, if, if there are times when times are hard, those are the people that you can absolutely go to, um, you know, to help support as well.
0: Yeah. I, I love that, that sort of spirit of community that you talk about for, anyone listening who's not um, yet a member of Cornet, or who may be a more passive member, you know, they're a member now, but they're not overly engaged. You know, what advice would you give them as far as why to join or why to be more engaged?
1: Well, absolutely get involved with a committee because I think at that level, you have much more investment and you also have a focus. And so, you know, there's membership, there's there's, there are event committees that can are good places to start before going on to a um, you know a monthly committee but I think that uh, I always ask all my my staff to get involved in an organization that they're passionate about because I feel that and you know not just show up to events but really get involved and really engage because you're going to get so much more out of it by being involved at a at an organizational level I think it also teaches, um leadership and organizational skills that um that you don't always get in other you know in other situations and so um it it provides um a level of kind of learning and education at, at, at many different levels but i think also the again the networking and the relationships that you build uh will take you through your entire career so um but it's very much kind of being involved and really committing to be being engaged and actually showing up and doing the work, not just showing up on the committee, but actually doing the work as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, that's quite a pitch of why to get engaged in it. And it is one of those organizations. I completely agree with you. The more engaged you are, the more you get out of it. Uh, and so thank you for sharing that. And hopefully those of you that are listening that Aren't yet members? That's a reason to join. Or those of you that are more passive members, you know, Julia just gave you a really good reason to get more engaged, join a committee, etc. So thank you for that. Uh, and and Julia, thank you for your service to Cornette Northern California. You know, I I can say with confidence we're a much better chapter because of your involvement, because of all your efforts and energy that you put towards it. So thank you for that. Let's get to know a little bit more about you. You know, we've touched on your work at QA, and you gave us a great overview of the firm and we'll probably go back to that a little bit, but when you're not involved in work, you know, sort of what gets your attention these days? What do you get to do when you're not at work?
1: <laughs> um, well, I would say that uh, having three kids, my family probably takes up a lot of my time. And they always say that, you know, when you have three kids and when they're little, that you're refocused really on them. But I have to say that having, having um, you know, more almost adult kids, I have uh, a 20 year old, a 22 year old and a 25 year old, they take up just as much time as they ever did, if not more. <laughs> and, um, so, and they, they have the same interests a lot of the time with us. Um, you know, they like to play board games. They like to build stuff. They, um, like to cook and, you know, basically hang out together and go to, you know, we've always taken, uh, the kids to see, uh, concerts you know we took them to see arctic monkeys when they were probably you know six eight and ten and we've continued to take them to see a lot of music um and so i think the family definitely takes up a lot of time we when growing up they we also were really involved with um theater and we would build all the sets for the theater productions and all three kids were in theater as well um my husband coached Soccer for all the kids as well. So there was, there's definitely a lot of focus on, on them. Um, I think now I'm getting a little bit more time to myself. I decided to focus more on myself this year. Which you know, turning 60, that's what it you know, that's one of the things it does to you. You, you suddenly think, okay, I actually perhaps need to pay more attention. Um, so I started, you know, doing Pilates and swimming in the bay uh, wow. at um, at the Dolphin Club. Which was is bloody freezing, but amazing. <laughs> um, and then, you know, as I say, we, we actually play a lot of board games. We have some friends who during the pandemic came and we play a lot of legacy games, which can last up to eight to 10 hours at a time. So they're quite a commitment over a weekend. That's for sure.
0: Wow. Um, the, the swimming in the bay, I, that's amazing. All of that's amazing, but the swimming in the bay just made me shiver thinking about that. <laughs> Um, well, thank you for sharing that. Is, are there other things about you that you'd want to share that maybe you're going to share at the, at the gala on the big stage or any other piece of information you'd, you'd want to share with our listeners?
1: Yeah, I think um, I think one thing is that I've, I've always been obsessed about design. Uh, when we bought our little house in Russian Hill, we discovered that the garden next door was a buildable lot. And so we built a five-story house in the garden. And I'm currently sitting in now, and we're about to sell that, and and probably develop another property. And so, if I'm not spending time with the kids or working, um, I'm sketching ideas uh, with you know yellow trace at the kitchen table. And uh, having a daughter who is now studying architecture has been amazing because now I get to you know live through her as well. We can, you know, she can call me up and we can have a twenty minute conversation about CLT, which I probably don't have with anybody else. So um, it's actually really fun to find, you know, when your kids do things that you love as well. That's also really exciting.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm curious, you know, you, some of the things you talked about, how much of that, if any sort of changed for you or came to the forefront over the last few years with the pandemic and, and things, you know, that, that have happened over that time? you know, what changes did you experience as a family or as an individual? And, and what of those things kind of came to the forefront during that time?
1: I think that one of the main things is that we had to become really flexible. I think that, you know, just the fact that we work, work anywhere is definitely something that we found uh, is important. So in fact, actually, in terms of work, we have folk who are in Barcelona, Hawaii, okay. Um, Amsterdam, who are all working on projects with us on a daily basis. and and I think also again, connections with family. We are on you know group texts and you know uh, all the time, WhatsApp. So we're really connected around the world. And so living in California knowing that we have family in the UK or in Ireland, um, somehow, or you know, or kids going going off to college wherever they may be. I have one in Ireland and one in New Haven, um, and one was in London. Uh, it just, I think that the the fact that technology has really enabled us to to keep those connections really strong, and and so I think that uh, yeah, even more so. I mean, I think obviously meeting in person is really important, and having those personal connections you know face to face is essential but the fact is technology has really enabled us to to work really effectively and and connect with people across the world
0: yeah and that that sort of theme of connection you talked about community from a cornet perspective in this theme of connection you know it's i'd love that idea of let's over the last few years let's figure out how to be connected stay connected yeah um well I'm a student of leadership and I'd love to ask you a couple of leadership questions you know I get I get a chance to teach in our uh, leadership development cohort at uh, Cornet Northern California and I'd love to hear from you sort of what shaped you as a leader as you kind of think about your career were there people or events that sort of shaped you into the leader that you are today
1: yes I think that um, one of one of the things in my journey is I've worked with um, a coach. And it was somebody I met, uh, Karen Leos, who I did a, a program back in the early two thousands, which was called Leadership San Francisco, and it was uh, put on by the Chamber of Commerce. And the idea was that you it was it was an incredibly diverse cohort um, who came together to study all the different aspects of San Francisco, and we would put on events um, each. Uh, Group was was charged with putting on an event every month around education, homelessness, uh, transportation, everything that pertains to San Francisco. And I met some incredible people um, in that group, including Chip Conley, who I think we've had to, mm-hmm. um, you know, as one of our speakers. I met Joan Price through that program, wow. um, but the coach that worked with me, she's actually helped me make all my transitions throughout. My career when I went from studios to Gensler, within Gensler when I went from um, being a uh, you know an architect to a studio director, then to a principal. When I left uh, Gensler to move to Aecom, and then when I left Aecom to join QA. And actually, she still comes back and does um, retreats with us. And I think having that continuous person throughout your career is something that I would you know, I think has been really um, helpful to me because she's, you know, she's seen how I my career has changed and all has always been that person to kind of go back to and brainstorm ideas. But I also would say Joan Price particularly has been an incredibly, men- incredible mentor. I mean, she um, was at her when I first started there. And she's always been my champion throughout my whole career and brought, and she definitely brought me to Cornet because she was involved in programs and brought me to the programs committee and, and um, helped me kind of get a leadership position there where, um, you know, it, that really kind of helped me launch within Cornet, which was incredible. So I would say that she has been one of those people that has been a, a a wonderful mentor, uh, certainly. So I think it's finding those people who, um, you know, who you just, you connect with naturally. um, And then, you know, you just continue that relationship uh, for many, many years. So
0: yeah, that and, you know, Joan, big fan of Joan's here and probably most people listening will recognize her and and the mentorship she's given to so many. And it's awesome that she had an impact on you and the and the idea of coaching as an executive coach myself, I may extract this part of the podcast and use it as a commercial (laughs) as why coaches are helpful. (laughs) So thank you for sharing that, because I think that idea of having a thought partner and accountability partner throughout your career can be so important. Um, So that's that's great. And you've become such an amazing leader in our industry and your firm and just how you show up as a leader is so impressive and powerful. So thank you for sharing, you know, what sort of helped shaped you uh, along the way. Um, You started at the very beginning about, you know, kind of the industry uh, in in some things that you saw earlier on in the tech boom. And you've been in this industry for a while. I, I'd love for you to share with us some of the shifts that you've seen, you know, kind of in the industry, the workplace industry or the tech industry that you've, you know, served for so long, you know, what are kind of the big shifts or, or changes that you've seen over time?
1: Yeah. I mean, I think that there's, there have been some some incredible shifts around sustainability. I would say in terms of, you know, how we build buildings, the focus, Um, but I think that one of the things that has been meaningful to me is the focus on DEI and the fact that um, it's finally kind of getting more um, it's more mainstream I think that you know that we that there's a there's a recognition that uh, diversity equity and inclusion is important to every aspect of of how we show up and how we do business and how we design buildings and how we provide a place for everyone. So, so for example, we we're working with Golden Gate Regional Center, who provides services to people with developmental disabilities, and uh, it was something that you know we when we're designing, we're really thinking about in a completely different way. People with more neurodiversity, more um, just different needs and so i think that that's something that that for me personally i think is uh, has been really important um you know thinking about mental health i mean mental health has been something that has affected our family and you know it's something that uh is important to consider when we're actually designing as well and so that's something you know that i think is important
0: Especially with DEI, if you think about where we are today versus where we're going, you know, we we, obviously we have a big uh, focus as a chapter, as an organization, as an industry. How do you, how would you suggest or, or sort of think we're doing, and where should we be focusing from kind of your view?
1: Well, I think part of it is education. I think you know that we all have some inherent bias, and I think that just understanding what you know the terminology and the the ways of looking at the world um and asking the right questions and being much more aware when you're sitting in a room with uh with a lot of different people that you're that you're more intuitive in terms of where you get the feedback and how you get the feedback so that everyone's voice is heard so i mean i actually did a, uh, a class through Cornell, um, which was really helpful and it it just exposed that you know we all have inherent bias and we often we don't even realize it. And so I think just becoming more educated is something that we have to we have to think about you know throughout our entire career and it really helps.
0: Yeah th- thank you for sharing that and that's more sort of evidence of how great of a leader you are that you're that you're thinking that way and and thinking forward so much uh so thank you for sharing that let's turn back a little bit to your work with QA you know yours is a boutique firm uh you've got a, a diverse portfolio which is amazing and but i'm guessing that being a boutique firm kind of today has some pros and cons just in relationship to the commercial real estate industry that we're in and in so many changes and, and so much is sort of happening in that. What is kind of your biggest insight or observation about kind of the moment we're in relative to workplace and um, real estate, et cetera? Like, what are you seeing or what what are you observing that you would share with others?
1: Well, I think one of the things that I have observed is uh, having a really, really diverse background is that we don't necessarily have 10 projects all you know are exactly what the client is looking for but what we do is we bring in other points of view from the other types of work so and I'm fine what we're finding is that that is happening probably across a lot of the the workplace projects so for example um, I think hospitality bringing in um, hospitality or more of a residential feel to um to the, the projects is something that's uh that has has been a shift in in more more recent years um i think that the i mean right now with workplace it feels like everything is is really changing and it's hard to know you know where it's going but it also feels like there's a lot of opportunity for experimentation and And also, not necessarily doing an entire floor in one particular way, but focusing on certain areas of the floor um, so that when you're designing, you can experiment um, at a, you know, almost at a pilot level um, so that people can actually test ideas and test ways of working. Um, The other thing that we're really seeing is that, you know, amenities and bringing people into the office specifically to collaborate and to be able to work together um, or bring teams together because they've all been working remotely and having the kind of workplace that supports that that team working in person um, is very different from having a sea of workstations that you know we we've all been used to. You know having having assigned seats seems to be um, something that is is less, you know desirable these days. And having areas where you're really focusing on how people are working, so you might have a library where everybody is working in quiet, and there's kind of more behavioral protocols mm-hmm. um, rather than by group or by um, you know adjacency. So it's it's more behavioral than than anything else.
0: Of what you just sort of described, how much of that do you think will become part of the fabric of how we think about workplace going forward versus it being kind of, you know, te- I don't want to use the word temporary, but because we're in this transition period, you know, what what do you think is going to stick around?
1: Uh, I think that I'm well, what I'm hoping will stick around is that people will want to come back to the office to to collaborate with each other. I think, you know, we've we're all we all realize that working at home, we can do that. We can sit in our kitchen and and, you know, work on Zooms. But the way we're really going to get work done is also also by being in person and so i hope that that still um mm-hmm. that that still happens because we're you know we're people first and i think that that is um is something that you know from a from a mentorship standpoint bringing you know younger people up so that they can listen to conversations that are going on in the office or be part of a of a of a group by observing what you know meetings or being able to run meetings themselves and and you know be involved in um activities that 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 they wouldn't necessarily be involved in you know just by by working remotely that's essential to you know learning and and also just the you know success of the business so um i think that i think we're doing a lot of experimenting with furniture and you know furniture seems to have really evolved and we're getting a lot of amazing partnerships with uh, with dealers these days where they're really kind of coming in and working directly with with us as a design firm um, to really come up with great solutions so I think that that is it has been a really a real change and a real partnership that's um, that's been you know really effective Um, but I'm hoping that experimentation will continue so that we'll continue to learn from from how we're actually working together.
0: Yeah, I that's exciting to think about, you know, experimentation just kind of becoming the way we operate going forward. I think that, and you mentioned like the sea of workstations is the thing of the past. And this, I love the idea that experimentation just becomes part of more of what we do going forward uh, from a workplace perspective. So mm-hmm. thank you for sharing your perspective. I'd love to shift back to Uh, Northern California a little bit, Um, you know, you've been so deeply involved in the chapter for many years. Um, I I just have to ask, how does it feel to be recognized by your peers as the service provider of the year? Uh, How does that, that must feel great, right?
1: Oh, it's amazing. Honestly, I I was practically in tears when I heard. (laughs) And um, I'm sure I'll be in tears when I'm giving my speech, which I'm absolutely terrified about. But uh, (laughs) um, it's, you know, I think that The fact is these are my friends and I you know to be recognized by your peers and your friends um, it means everything to me particularly you know where I am in my career and I think that I'm realizing that is that you know I still got a lot many hopefully many more years to come and my you know it means a lot and and I'm hoping that I can continue to really give back and encourage other people to, to be involved and also then be recognized. So that's my goal.
0: Yeah. And I suspect you're going to continue to give back, um, for, for a long time to come. Um, you know, you've, and you started down this path a little bit, you've, you've had a chance to observe some of the folks that have come before you kind of in this award category, as you think back to them, are there themes or qualities that sort of, sort of exist across that community of, uh, those that have had this designation before, or this distinction, I should say.
1: So I think that what I'm seeing is that again, it, their success is not about them, and this is something that I'll probably say in my speech. It's not about me. It's very much about um, making the connections, and it's you know we don't get into this business to just to make money. The the you know, the success financially follows by service first. And and that's what I've always said, you know, it's like focus on people and the work follows and the success follows. And I feel like that is definitely something that I've seen from the other service providers that again, that su- success is the people that they're working with and the people that they're interacting with. And you know that's definitely a common theme that that um, seems to be recognised, which I definitely appreciate.
0: Yeah, I love that service first. You know, this episode's going to air after the gala, so there's no risk of you giving anything away. But that that being kind of one of the nuggets you'll say. Is there anything else you want to share with us that we might hear from you uh, up on that big stage?
1: Um, well, I think one of one thing is to take risks. I think you know we uh, started the LA office in the middle of the pandemic. Because we had a great relationship with um, Cecilia's cousin, who had some space down there. And we had some projects and we're like, okay, let's open an LA office. And again, it's like sometimes you have to take bold leaps to be successful. Um, I think, you know, joining QA from having been in large firms. in some ways was a risk, but I think it's been an incredible risk. And I think sometimes you have to say yes to things and take that leap and know that you've got a great network and you've got people that care about you and that you can, you know, you're going to be successful. Um, And so I think just having that kind of attitude um, is something that, you know, I would say take risks where you can, because, you always got people that will take care of you if, if something bad goes, you know, goes down, but, um, hopefully it won't. And it, and it typically doesn't, it, you know, typically things always, always work out. And, and I always say to Cecilia, you know, just keep going. Um, because that's something that, uh, we, you know, we've always done and, and, uh, you know, through the pandemic, that was kind of our mantra and, and, you know, it, it's been a great journey so far.
0: Well, and, I know I speak for our entire membership when I say you are so deserving of this recognition. That advice you just gave is a testament to that. You're a great example of an engaged member. You're a humble leader, and you've demonstrated that kind of throughout our conversation. And I just want to thank you for, uh, congratulate you for the award, and thank you for all that you've shared here. Uh, And I do want to take a minute to say, to ask you, like, what didn't I ask you that I should have asked you?
1: That's a good question. I don't think I've got an answer yet um, other than what's next in terms of Cornet. How can I get become even more engaged in Cornet and more engaged in this community because I'd like to do more.
0: Mm. Those are great to ponder. And and I have no doubt you will do more and you will stay engaged and you will continue to add uh, a ton of value. In Cornette, you know, Northern California and just in our industry generally. Um, Julie, I'd love to have you share how our listeners can connect with you if they want to learn more about you or connect. Is is it your website? Is it LinkedIn? Like where should people go?
1: Um, I think I use LinkedIn daily. And so definitely um, you can contact me through through LinkedIn. Um, our website, website is uh, qa-us.com. Um, And, you know, just reach out anytime. I'm happy to, uh, to meet with people for coffee, uh, mentorship, um, whatever, whatever suits, because I'd love to, you know, again, that's, that's something that is important to me. And I, and people do that all the time. But I'm, I'm happy to, you know, that's something that I really enjoy. So uh, definitely, please do that.
0: That's awesome. And we'll put all that information in the show notes so people know how to connect with you. And thank you for being open to uh, to connecting with folks. Well, uh, Julia, I just want to thank you for joining me on CoreCast and to congratulate you once again for winning the Service Provider of the Year Award. Uh, from where I sit, you are so deserving of it. Uh, and I'm really excited to see you up on the big stage. So once again, congratulations, and we'll see you in a week or so. Thank you. Well, I just really enjoyed that conversation. You know, I've had the the good fortune of knowing Julia for a number of years, um, but I got to learn an awful lot about her in this conversation. And I love where she took us um, from a leadership perspective and the things that influenced and helped her along the way, uh, and this idea of taking risks being really important. Uh, And, and, you know, she shared a lot of wisdom with us throughout the conversation, but um, those two things really stood out for me. Um, And so just really enjoyed the conversation. And once again, I'm just so uh, excited to see Julia be the service provider of the year for 2023. Well, we want to thank all of our listeners. Uh, We do this for you and in service to you. And the only thing we ask in return is that you please share this podcast with your friends and with your colleagues. And please be sure to post it and about it on your social media, and you can find links to all our past episodes on the Cornet Northern California website, and you can subscribe to hear future episodes on iTunes or really anywhere you get your pods. And if you have an idea for an upcoming episode, we would love to hear from you. Our contact information is in the show notes. And that's it for this episode of Corecast. This is Robert Teed signing off, and until next time, work well and be well.